Salutations, everyone, and welcome into the Triple R Podcast. My name's Warren. How's everybody doing? I uh, wanted to give you guys a quick update before we get into pre-show number six, uh, where we're going to be going over our Survivor Series picks from our last pre-show, and also uh, preview the next pay-per-view that we're watching, which ends up being Capital Combat 1990, the return of RoboCop. Um Real life kind of got in the way with us um, editing and uh, taking stuff out and adding stuff and this, that, and a third. So I'm just going to push this out. It's going to be unedited. So you might hear some uh, things that you don't normally hear when we upload our Triple R podcast. So just bear with us and we will get back to regularly scheduled programming next week. Um so here it is, pre-show, leading into uh, Capital Combat 1990. Thanks. Triple R fans, welcome, welcome to another rousing episode of the Triple R podcast. I am one of your fabulous hosts, Chris Lee, joined always by my big brother, the behemoth of Bonheim, Warren Lee. Warren, how you doing? Doing well, Chris. Doing well. Uh, interested to. Reveal our next pay-per-view. Um, we'll go over our Survivor Series picks and hopefully forget about the Survivor Series that we just talked about last week. Yeah, we're not gonna that first Survivor Series was rough. We're not gonna we're not gonna delve on that too much. Uh and also joining us, thankfully, we we got him back. All right, we got him back. And so I know it was, it was up in the air a little bit, but we didn't. We got him back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He's always here. He's here every single week, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome again, returning guest uh, Justin Pilcher. Justin, uh, it's good to be back, Chris. Uh, as always, thank you again so much for having me back. I do appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Glad glad to have you. It it was tight this week. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it, but you know, in the eleventh hour. Some of my meetings fell through. I was able to move a couple things around, and you know, I got here on time. Well, you know, hey, we're we're always glad to have you. I'm glad everything worked out. Um, how how are you feeling about uh about last week's uh, pay per view? Any final thoughts? You know, I I hated it, <laughs> and I'm glad it's over, and I'm glad we don't have to talk about it anymore. Well, <laughs> I think I think that uh that that consensus is uh, mutual around around the podcast so uh let's let's get into it um you know what i hate is uh, the fact that we haven't we, we continue to live in this charade of him being of him justin pilger being a guest on this show the triple r podcast i don't know what you mean what charade it's not a charade you know my very valued guest to the show we're lucky to have him my brain is starting to hurt. Let's just All right. let's let's get uh, into. I'm it. sorry. I thank you for allowing me on the podcast every week. That's my, <laughs> my fault. How, how ridiculous of me! 
let's just uh chris what show are we going to be watching coming up on uh this coming sunday well i'm glad you asked the upcoming show we are going to take a trip back to 1990 ladies and gentlemen to an old wcw classic known as capital combat the return of of RoboCop. That's the actual name of this pay-per-view. I thought that was just like something they added. Like I just thought it was Capital Combat, but no, the full title is Capital Combat The Return of RoboCop. Uh just how will RoboCop play into this pay-per-view? Uh you're going to have to tune in in a couple days to find out. Uh let's start with uh Pilch. Pilch, have you had a chance to look over the card for uh Capital Combat? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, there's a lot of names I don't recognize, but I'm sure that'll change as we, you know, watch the show. You know, maybe guys under different aliases. Mm-hmm. The one standout to me is who is Z Man? <laughs> exactly. That was the best name he could come up with was Z Man. Exactly that, and that that question I don't think it's going to get answered. <laughs> I I will be I'll be able to answer that for you come Sunday. Okay. (laughs) Oh boy, that's a that's a hefty promise, my friend. Uh, So yeah, this this pay per view should be. I mean, 1990. I mean, we're just out of the 80s. I don't know. It's I'm sure it's gonna something something crazy is gonna happen. And they're 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 already teasing this RoboCop stunt. I don't. I don't know what Robo. I don't know who he's teaming with. I don't know who who, who he's going to attack. But I don't know. It should be interesting. Um, I mean, I love RoboCop. I I don't know if you guys know this about me or not, but big RoboCop fan. Really? When they, I've never seen a RoboCop movie. Yeah, no, I've never seen a RoboCop movie either. Oh, do yourself a favor. They're great. Um, <laughs> actually, believe it or not, and Chris, I think you were with me when they when RoboCop came back out i went to the midnight showing of like the the new robocop i was so excited did you really oh yeah me. <laughs> i didn't know that me. oh yeah me and uh me and Corey went and uh dr moody we went to the midnight showing <laughs> of robocop <laughs> you dr snitch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that is funny let me not even Dr. ask Snitch. who in the world is Dr. Moody or Dr. Snitch. Uh, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother to ask. We're going to save that for another podcast. Um, shout out to Dr. Moody. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Dr. Moody, if you're listening, what up? Get an air horn for Dr. Moody. Is Dr. Moody a listener and follower of the Chiffor podcast? I would be shocked if he was. I, I would I would fall out of my chair if we got an email from Dr. Moody saying thank you for the shout out. Dr. Moody, if you are listening to this podcast, you a real one, Dr. Moody. You a real one. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's see where are we at here oh we are only six minutes in okay well let's get into uh let's get into our next topic i didn't talk, I didn't talk about what i was looking forward to oh, for sorry, warren. i apologize uh warren what are you looking forward to in this uh upcoming pay-per-view um so there's a lot of tag team wrestling on this uh on this card um Samoan SWAT team I'm interested in seeing against uh, Mike Rotunda and uh, Wildfire Tommy Rich. Um, Midnight Express uh, against Brian Pillman and the aforementioned Z-Man. And a very interesting strap match that is not what a traditional strap match might be or what you might remember of a strap match between the Rock and Roll Express and the Freebirds. Doom versus the Steiner brothers. Uh, I mean, this is loaded top to bottom with great tag teams of the eighties into the, into the nineties. And on top is Ric Flair versus Lex Luger in a cage. So the horseman cannot get into and uh, affect the outcome of this match. That's true. That's true. Maybe. Wow. 
We will be getting into all of those matches next. Wait, what day? Sunday. 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 And we will get into all of those next Sunday. Um, But for now, last pre-show, if you remember, we all made some picks for the Survivor Series pay-per-view that was happening at the time of that recording. Um, And we... We later watched to, you know, find out the outcomes of those match, and we're just gonna go through them to see who won. Our little, our little, uh, our little pick 'em, pick 'em game that we did. Uh, so let's start with the Raw versus SmackDown men's team. This classic Survivor Series style match. Uh, we were looking at the men's Raw team was AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus. And the men's SmackDown team was Jay Uso, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, and Otis. Um, we all, all three of us, decided to pick Team Raw in this matchup. And we all received one point because Team Raw won. Uh, let's start with Warren. Warren, how did you feel about this match? It, it also looks like uh, Team Raw didn't lose a fall. True. Yeah, they they were uh, they. Uh, how would you say it? Smack Team SmackDown was eliminated in succession or something like that. They were. It was a uh, not a squash. What am I trying to say? It, it, listen, it's it's pretty close to being a squash. Uh, Match was about twenty minutes, and they just all fell down like bowling pins. The yeah. entire Raw team were survivors. Um, sweep. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, yes, it was, it was a sweep. That's what I was looking for. Um, any any time that uh, our quote unquote cousin Keith Lee is uh, a part of the winning team, I am ecstatic. So I was very happy with the outcome of this match. There you go. Shout out to cousin Keith Lee. Holding it down for the Raw team. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the whole Seth Rollins sacrificing himself for the greater good spot? Um, I think this heel, uh, Seth Rollins, this um, Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins is a... Well, he's on SmackDown now, so he's no longer the Monday Night Messiah. He's just the Messiah. So this Messiah version of Seth Rollins is a a welcomed change for his his character. Um, I think, personally for myself, I, I always have preferred Seth Rollins to be some sort of a heel. Um... Face Seth Rollins was was good, uh, but just I think he's a much better heel than he is um, a face. So uh, anything that he can do while he's doing this Messiah gimmick, I am all for it. I do agree with that. I do like him. I think heel suits Seth more than the than him being a face. Like I mean, I I just I do just like Seth Rollins as as a whole, True. but. Heel Seth Rollins is is where it's at. Uh, Pilch, what about you? What did you think about the match? How did you feel about that Seth Rollins, you know, for the greater good thing? I kind of wasn't about it, but, you know, whatever. I'm sure they're telling some story that we got to wait for the payoff for. But uh, get in here, Pilch. What do you think? Team SmackDown got wrecked, Oos. Next match. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> uh the next match we got were let's do the uh classic survivor series style women's match raw v smackdown for the raw women's team we are looking at nia Jax, Shayna baszler lana peyton royce and lacey evans the women's smackdown team is bailey bianca belair Liv morgan ruby riot and natalia and we all three of us happened to pick Team SmackDown for this one. And no one got a point, unfortunately. Team Raw snuck away with this one with 
was it they all got counted out? Was it or Bianca Belair got counted out and Lana was the only person left available? So Nia Jax and Bianca Belair got counted out at the end of the match, 23 minutes into the match. Lana was the only um, person left. So that's how Team Raw took the victory. Um, I was uh, very disappointed, sad, melancholy, any kind of other word you can think of because... Bailey was the first person eliminated from this matchup. <sighs> Unfortunately, it was very wrong. Um, it is a travesty. It is a miscarriage of justice. Uh, it's uh, a wrong that needs to be righted, um, as Seth Rollins would say, for the greater good. Um it's not just not how it should have went down. So I'm going to step away from the mic for a second and collect my thoughts before we continue. So you guys talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Uh, yeah. The um, interesting that, that that was the finish. I did like that. They made Lana the, the, the sole survivor, the victor. It kind of put a little bow on this whole her being bullied by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler thing. And she was the one that ended up winning it for her team, you know, showing that she was useful finally, or, you know, whatever the case was. Um, I, I wish it would have ended a little differently, or at least her and somehow like her scoring a pinfall on one other member, but you know, however they got to get the story told. I'm sure it'll it'll make sense down the road. Unfortunate for Bianca Belair because I love her so much. Um, you know, great athlete, great competitor. Love seeing her in the ring. It's just, you know, unfortunate that that's how it went down. Um, Pilch, what did you have to say about this match? Lana is a joke and this match sucked, Oos. Next match. <laughs> okay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh the next match we have is the uh women's champions match oscar versus sasha banks um in this we have warren and i have selected oscar to win and justin selected sasha banks and sasha banks is victorious over oscar it turns out she was in fact ready uh pilch what do you got to say about this match? So this match, I I saw Sasha Banks winning this one easily. And I think you guys both met the boat here because they are building Sasha up to be a very strong champion right now. And they did it with the title defense against Bailey. They backed it up with her finally beating Asuka. I know the title wasn't on the line, but, you know, it might as well have been because it's champion versus champion. It's a very important victory for her to get. I think Asuka's been really quiet on Raw. They haven't really done much with her, and I don't think they really know what to do with her at this point because she doesn't have anyone to face, really. Um, And I thought this is a no-brainer that Sasha was going to win. I think she's getting the bigger push right now. Um Oscar really hasn't been the same since she got rid of the green mist in the eyes, in my opinion. So it's an easy prediction. Has she not used that since um, Kyrie left? No, I I mean I haven't seen it. I think you're right. I think you're I think you're right. She hasn't. I don't think she's done it since then. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Warren. Yes. Your thoughts. I I gave my thoughts already. For Asuka and Sasha? No, you didn't. Oh, Jesus. Nope. Sorry. I was still still collecting myself. Um, Asuka and Sasha. I, I just don't know why I haven't grasped that thought, Pilch, that they're building Sasha to be a strong title holder. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I still... 
I don't know. I haven't seen it or haven't, it just hasn't come to me just yet. Um, not that she's incapable, not that she's not worthy, um, not that it's not believable that she could be. I just, something for me, it just hasn't clicked yet. Um, I thought this was an easy victory for Asuka. Um, hence why I picked her. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do like the fact that they're they're building Sasha like this. It's just something for me, like I said, just hasn't hasn't clicked in my head yet. Hmm. I think that goes with like how they were booking her as in her past um title holder whole title reigns. Sorry. Title yeah. reigns. Because she never had a successful defense before. She mm-hmm. won it a, however many times, you know, she was. That's, that's true, too. She um, was, her record is, is I think, over in title defenses. Now it's one for whatever it was. Yeah. So you still, I mean, still has some ways to go uh, to maybe continue to prove herself. But um, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, we'll do the tag team match it was the street profits versus the new day raw tag champs versus smackdown tag champs uh let's see we got warren selecting the new day i selected the street profits and justin also selected the street profits and lo and behold the street profits war victorious pilch Let's start with you. Why the Street Profits? This match is a proverbial passing of the torch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The New Day have been on top of the tag team scene for so long, and it doesn't matter which iteration you prefer, whether it's Big E and Xavier, Xavier and Kofi, or Kofi and Big E. They've just been the standard of tag team excellence in the mm-hmm. WWE for the past decade. There's been one team within the past, I would say, a year that even comes close to being nearly as good as they are, and that would be the Street Profits. They're, they're young. Their matches are very entertaining. Um, uh, Montez Ford is a, is a superstar in the making, in my opinion. And Angelo Dawkins, you know, I wasn't 100% sold on him at first, but the more I watch their matches, he he's a very integral part of that tag team, in my opinion. Um Ford is the high energy, big spot guy, and uh, he's always the one that seems to take it on the chin every match. He's always the one that get, when the ring gets cut in half, he's getting beat up by the other two members. And it seems like Dawkins always gets the hot tag and just gets crushed. And he goes in there and just throws people over the rope. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, Montez is hitting that 900 foot in the air frog splash for the win or the, the 180 splash, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this again, seems to me like the right time to make it known that the Street Profits are the tag team that WWE is behind and they're building to be the number one team in the business. And I think that they played it very well. I I agree. There's, the Street Profits are so hot right now. Um, speaking to your point, I don't know, because we've, uh, we've seen Dawkins solo for a little bit. Not the best, not the best. But you put him with you put him with Ford, and something just—I don't know. It, maybe it's all Ford. Maybe it's maybe Ford brings something out of him. I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it. But the two of them together is great. I would love to see what Ford could do on a solo run. Obviously, not anytime soon because I think they're great as a tag team. But I wonder if he could hold his own as a singles wrestler. It's just, it he's going to, he's, he's going to get that opportunity eventually. Right. Right. It's, but it's I, only a matter I, of time. I don't think they should do it anytime soon though. This is, no. you know, they need to beef up their tag team divisions a little bit more. Um, you know, once Jim, wait, Jimmy, Jay, Jimmy comes back from injury. Once Jimmy comes back from injury, then you'll have Usos, you'll have New Day, you'll have the Street Profits. I mean, you put Cesaro with somebody and it'll be gold because they do it all the time. Um, 
But I think those three teams are like the tag team division right now, which it had been for already with that, you know, New Day and Usos plus whoever. But um, yeah, it's just nice to see that another a new legitimate tag team is ready to take the reins and move the division, you know, into into you know a higher higher stratosphere, you know. Um, Warren, what do you have to say about this match? Um, when I well, slow down. When we did our picks, I mentioned that this is the one match where I didn't care who won. Because I enjoy both tag teams, um, and this one uh, I would say delivered on everything that you would have expected uh, f- for this match. I I'd be hard pressed to say that this was the match of the night, honestly. Um, to speak to the New Day's longevity in the tag division, I am. I'm proud that they were actually given the chance to be a team for so long, the the, the trio of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that they can't get back to it, even though they're on different shows right now. You know, anything can change that. Um, but for them to be a team at, for this long, uh, the WWE sees the, the value in them being a team. Um, I would say the one team that probably over time was their equal, um, their stuff with the Usos, especially their cell, their Hell in the Cell match, was phenomenal. Um, I would say that the Usos were that team that was on par with what the, the New Day was doing. Looking forward... The Street Profits are that team, that next team that's going to take it to that that next level going into 2021. Um, we mentioned before, myself and Chris saw uh, the Street Profits in their infancy. They have some kind of chemistry that is just, you can't explain it. You can't define it. But there's something about the two of them together that is palpable, that feeds they feed off of each other extremely well in the ring in promos and they feed they feed off of the audience and the audience buys into what they're doing and they have bought into what they were doing from day one and it's nice that they got their uh they got, like you said, they passed the torch to them from the the new day passed the torch to them. Um so let's see what they do here going forward. Yeah, I mean, can I, it's, can I also I say that I think it's an underrated part of it is that I love the street profits when they get a chance to cut a random promo or get on the mic in the ring. I just think it it fringes so close to that just absolutely ridiculousness that it's entertaining. Yeah, because you have Dawkins, who is literally just like a hype man and Ford mm-hmm. just, you know, saying a ton of nonsense. But at the end of it, you 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 believe them. It's like, yeah. yeah, they are up and they do want the smoke. I get it now. <laughs> and you know, and it the- just it just works so well. Like they, I think you yeah. described it well. It's they they have this like this chemistry together that you can't put your finger on, and you, you don't necessarily want to. It just it just works. Right. For the longest time, once they moved, got moved up to the main roster and moved up to Monday Night Raw. They were the only thing they were doing were promos and mic work in the back, and they still managed even to do that. Not even wrestling in the re- in in the ring, they still managed to have uh, not a relationship, but uh, the audience bought into them just off of them doing those promos in the back. Oh yeah, and hyping up matches that were coming up on Raw that night. Um, if the audience is buying into what they're selling. Even just off of just promos, not even their work in the ring, they you know that they have something. I have a question for you guys. We mentioned uh, Montez Ford and his frog splash, and is a phenomenal frog splash. If you had to rank them for the top three, 
And no disrespect to D'Lo. D'Lo is probably number four. Montez Ford, RVD, Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. How would you rate the Frog Splashes? Oof, that's tough. That's tough. It's very tough. Well, for me personally, I think Eddie Guerrero is number one. Uh, okay. A clear number one. Not that the okay. other two are bad, but he's yeah. just the inventor of it. I think the difference between RVD and Ford is I think it comes down to personal preference as to what you what you think is more impressive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where I think RVD's frog splash is a lot tighter and it looks cleaner, but mm-hmm. it's hard to argue the athleticism that Ford brings into it. I mean, he gets so high up there and he never misses ever. So I would, I would only, I agree totally with the, uh, the athleticism that Ford has. But I wouldn't sell RVD's athleticism short um, as far as height on the frog splash, distance on the frog splash, the ability to turn midair during the frog splash. RVD was doing all that stuff, too. Montez Ford might be the next level uh, or or the next coming of somebody doing that. Um, But I think... I think we have to go Eddie. I think you can interchange Montez and RVD. And as much as I love RVD, um, they're they're two. Even if it's two A, two B, and then D'Lo would be number four for me. So where does Savio Vega's frog splash rank on this list? Did Savio Vega do a frog splash? I think the optimum question is: Did Savio Vega do a frog splash? <laughs> Um, I still am yeah, not I'm, 100% I'm sure if Eddie and D'Lo are different people. No, they're definitely different people. <laughs> I think Eddie Eddie Guerrero is definitely the number one frog splash giver. And like you said, Warren, like RVD, it didn't matter where you – RVD didn't need you laying square in the ring, like from whatever corner. Like you could have been anywhere and he would get to you. And Montez is the same way. He doesn't need them to be laying prone in the perfect position. Right. Um, but I think RVD is better at changing the direction, but Ford gets higher. I think Ford gets higher. Okay. RVD can, like, distance-wise, he might be better. And, like, moving and changing his body in air to, like, hit whichever way they're laying, I think RVD might be better. But Ford, so dis- Ford- distance Body control, RVD. Right. So I might, do, I might be Eddie, RVD, Ford. I would do. But he is up there. I mean, he's... Yeah. No, he's, he is, he's definitely up there. Definitely up there. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, I, but that, that match definitely was the... The cream uh, of the crop. The cream of the crop for, for that night. That was a great match. I love the New Day. Love Street Profits. It was... And I called it. It was going to be the best match of the night. And it definitely was. So... Uh, next match, let's do the, uh, Lashley versus Sammy Zayn. Uh, me and Warren picked Sammy Zayn in this one and, uh, Pilch went almighty Lashley and Pilch again scores another point. Uh, Pilch thoughts on this match. Bobby Lashley is the CEO of the Hurt Business, and business was booming. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Warren, what do you got for this? Um, Of the entire pay-per-view, this was the quote-unquote let-up match. Um, I've never been a fan of Bobby Lashley. Sorry. I'm a fan of everybody else that's in the Hurt Business. I'm a fan of the Hurt Business itself. Um, but Bobby Lashley to me can go just kick rocks. Um, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I never bought into him. I, I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. So I, that's why I picked Sammy Zayn. I, I, I enjoy everything that Sammy Zayn does. Um, especially now his, uh, 
I guess you can say maybe like a chicken S heel kind of person Mm -hmm. that he is now. Um, But I just enjoy what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, this match, eh, I was hoping for the best for Sammy. I like Shane. But, you know, the numbers game, numbers game kind of caught up to him, and uh, there was nothing much he can really do about it. So, Chris, I know we, we had talked about this a little bit last week i think it was last week but how sometimes you you need to heat the monster right right like you can't you can't have a monster that is so hard to beat if you don't heat him like he's got he's got to look unbeatable right right right, right. and i i think and i think that comes that comes into this match and the next one that the final match of the card Uh, agreed but this is on a more of a mid card level but i think they're doing what they're doing with the hurt business very very well recently where oh, yeah. you have you have your mouthpiece which is mvp mm-hmm. who is the perfect person for that role right oh yeah and then you have your your enforcer your monster of the hurt business which is bobby lashley and they continue to put him in these squash matches where he's a he's a mid-card monster it's like mm-hmm. what they did with goldberg when he came back you know mm-hmm. not the first time but the most recent time where they realize, like, okay, this guy's not a main event guy, but he's someone we can throw in the mid-card. He could have these squash matches. He can be an entertaining kind of monster and a hill for someone in the mid-card to climb eventually when they have that person to get there. Right. And then behind Lashley, you have two extremely talented wrestlers, in my opinion, in Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I think they are underutilizing Shelton Benjamin. I think Shelton Benjamin should be getting a lot more steam or play or how, whatever you want to call it um, I, I have a feeling that alexander and benjamin are going to end up being tag champions at some point i know they just lost the new day recently but i'd love to see them as a tag team i'd love to see that. them as tag team champs absolutely but i think this faction just i i know we had talked about this before but i just want to reiterate again i just i love the fact that we have this faction of four people that just fit so well together yeah mm-hmm. it's you know I, I i just think it's a good a, a good time to be a wrestling fan because this isn't something you would have seen 10 15 20 years ago but it's it, i don't the hurt business is my favorite thing on raw nine yeah. most most weeks i mean you could even argue that the hurt business is kind of black evolution you know what i mean like it's kind of yeah essentially top- Bobby Lashley is playing the Batista role, you know, the enforcer. You got MVP, who's kind of the Ric Flair. And then, you know, uh, Cedric would be the Orton. And then Sheltie would be the Triple H of it all. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's it's working. It's working. And it's like it's not so close that people are going to be like, this is the same thing. they're, They're doing their own thing. And, you know, it's a great, 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 great gimmick for all four individuals. It just fits their personality so much. Um, I'm just a little I'm anxious to see because they, you know, obviously Lashley has the title. So, you know, he's getting a lot of the uh, attention out of the Hurt Business. Um, But I would love to see Cedric and Shelton doing more, you know, in-ring stuff and getting a title on because i mean i could definitely see them having you know mid-card titles around the hurt business to like show more dominance you know put more of that heat on them you know the the only thing i think they've missed the boat on here and i know we don't say the r word on this podcast very often but um they had such a good opportunity to give the Hurt Business a great rivalry with Retribution, and they flush that right down the toilet. Mm, yeah. Ever since, you know, I don't know. When, no, never mind. We're not going to get into Retribution. <laughs> Next, <laughs> that could be a whole other show. Yeah, we're not going to get that. So, last match on the card, champion versus champion, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, Warren and Pilch, they pick Roman Reigns because... Why wouldn't you? It's the right thing to do. You know it's coming. Always, I, always. I he's the tribal think, chief. I know. Yeah. I know. And I even said I knew that 
I was going to probably regret this, but I still picked Drew, and I was I was wrong, as I always am. <laughs> and uh, Roman Reigns gets the victory, so Warren and Pilch each get a point uh, for this match. Um, let's start with... Uh, Let's start with Warren. Warren, did the did the match unfold as you predicted? Did it unf- like in your in your mind's eye? Did you did it did what you thought happen happen? Um, for the most part, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Drew McIntyre is a very formidable foe for Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, in they could probably have 10 matches and split it right down the middle, honestly. Um, and I don't think it would have hurt anybody if, if Drew McIntyre was the winner of this match here. Um, Ooh, I might have, I might have to disagree with that. Ooh, I, I disagree with that, that strongly. It would, de- it would definitely yeah. hurt Roman. This whole thing that they're doing with him. Uh huh. I don't think it would work if he lost. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, either way, um, I do enjoy how strongly they're building Roman with this. Um, I want this to drag out as long as it possibly can. Um, I I know we mentioned this on a previous podcast, and I, I know that the uh, internet wrestling community might be buzzing about this. But I think everybody's hoping that this builds to a Roman versus Rock WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm hoping that this is the case. I hope that The Rock can find some way in his busy schedule to squeeze in a match at WrestleMania. Um, but we'll see. We have a lot of we have a number of pay per views to go before we get to that point. Um, but it, it went pretty much uh, as expected in, in my uh, in my opinion. Okay, Pilch. Pilch, what do you got for this uh, Roman v. McIntyre? So I want to give some props to WWE here. And I think they made a bunch of right decisions go- even going into this match. First being having Randy Orton drop the belt back to Drew, I thought was extremely important. Yes. Secondly, I think it was the their contract signing I thought was just awesome. And I, I think why it resonated so well, to me anyway, was because, and it's such a little detail, but they did it without the microphones, and you could hear the little banter between Roman and Drew the entire time. And you have Roman pull the chair up to the head of the announce table. And he sits there just so smug and so confident the whole time. And I just thought it, it beautifully done to build so much hype for a match when they only had about a week and a half to do so. I thought it was great. Secondly, the, I will die on this sword is that, and I said it in the last matches, you have to heat the monster. And Roman Reigns is the number one monster in the company right now. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have him lose anytime soon right i don't care if it's drew mcintyre i don't care if it's you know the universal champion from mars that's 900 pounds roman reigns can't lose he's, can't he's on fire he's got to stay where he's at with that being said i thought that they did a great job in this match by telling a good story and making it look like drew was protected in defeat mm-hmm. like he he lost but he didn't get pinned and he didn't give up and it did take some interference. Right. So, you know, I think this win did a lot for Roman Reigns to, like I always say, to heat the monster, make him look even more unbeatable than he did before. But it also didn't hurt Drew McIntyre in any way. So I thought they played that very well. Right. And I think that was very concerning because, you know, as you say, you know, you got you to heat the monster, but... Drew is his own monster, you know, like you can't, you can't do it at the expense of McIntyre. Right. Right. And it's just like, how, how do you do that? How do we, how do we build Roman and build Drew at the same time when they're facing each other? They're both champs. We can't, 
for what they're planning on doing in the future. We can't have them looking weak, you know, and I think they pulled it off. I do honestly think they pulled it off. I, I think there was something that there was something really subtle at the end of that match, which kind of made it was okay. You have your, your J so interference, then Roman slaps on the sleeper, the chokehold or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And Drew got that one knee up. Like he was, he was about ready to break out of it. And I was like, Oh, maybe I was wrong this entire time. And then, you know, Roman just cranks back down and taps and makes him pass out. Right. And to me, that that little subtle move builds both of them so much more because you see that Drew McIntyre is is strong enough to not go down to interference and just a, you know, run of the mill submission move. And then right. Roman really had to lean in and get everything he had to to put him away. And mm-hmm. I think it, it, it uplifted both of them. I thought they honestly, I thought they this was not as good of a technical match as the Street Profits of the New Day, but I thought they did a very good job of it was a good, getting in and getting out and, and better storytelling. You know, they 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 didn't hurt anyone, and all they they managed to do was build both of them up, which right. I thought was great. So, taking that into consideration, I had a thought because Pilch, you talk a lot about you know. You you believe that they're building Roman for this epic showdown, possibly at WrestleMania, with him and his cousin, The Rock, you know, with the whole head of the table, tribal chief um, angle. I think it would be cool to see, you know, because him and him and Jay have had this butting heads, you know, Jay find, needing to accept his place at the table and, you know admitting that Roman is the tribal chief. Jimmy's going to come back. They may have the same kind of butting heads angle with him and Jimmy. Then I think it could all collide with Roman abusing his power, taking it out on Jay, taking it out on Jimmy. Then the elders, you know, his his dad, um, um, Sika is his dad, right? Sika, even um, Fatu, you know, Rikishi comes and like trying to like talk to him. Hey, what are you doing? Take it easy. And then him turning on them, you know, implementing that he's the new tribal chief and that they need to, you know, look down on him. And then when he oversteps talking to the elders in that way, that would be a way to bring in the rock. Because then the rock would be standing up for the, the elders of the, of the family. And, you know, you know, they can, then they can have that handle. Like, yes, you, you may think you're the tribal chief now, but I've always been the tribal chief, you know, and you've never beaten me. And then that could lead into a WrestleMania match, which would be insane. Um, oh yeah. The, the money that would come from that would be. Ugh. And it, the beauty of it is you would need one rock appearance, whether it's on the pay-per-view before or like mm-hmm. a Monday Night Raw before, and then the match, and that's it. That's it. You know, you don't need a bunch of like rock promos and spots. Like nope. it's a, and everyone's just. And even with um, you know, you know, they've done it with a couple people. You know, they've done it with uh, Ronda Rousey. They've done it with I think Goldberg. I know Undertaker does it a bunch of times, and it's just the they come out, they stand at the top of the stage. They point at the WrestleMania sign. They walk away, and that's it. No words, no nothing. It's just stare down, look up, right. point at WrestleMania, walk away. And that's I don't. I don't think The Rock would be able to come out and to come out to the ring and do that without talking because the rocks whole thing is, is, is what he's able been able to do on the mic. Um, but I agree they can do it with little promo. It doesn't have to be promo every week. It doesn't have to be uh, a whole bunch of face-offs. It could literally be one promo at the pay-per-view before it could be the promo on the raw after the 
last pay-per-view before WrestleMania and just go from there. And so many layers in the story, this tribal chief stuff going all the way back to the Royal Rumble when Roman won and The Rock had to come out and try to uh, save face because he was Roman was getting booed mercilessly mm-hmm. in, I think it was in Philadelphia. Um that was uh, that's another piece of it to where the rock can say, I tried to come out and save you because the people didn't buy into you or something like right. that. Um, so many layers. If you do bring in the elders, Rikishi and Sika and all those guys in, um, that's another added layer. This could be such a good storyline if it plays out like that. Yeah. But time to tell. Um so, wrapping up the old Survivor Series 2020, it was a oy, oy, oy. this was a landslide victory for old Justin Pilcher with five total points. Uh, I myself walk away with two, and Warren also walking away with two points. It just uh, wasn't. Even, it wasn't even close. It wasn't was- even close. Pilch has his. Finger on the pulse for the uh, WWE booking. Uh, Pilch, as the victor, do you have any words? Not really. I'm just good at this. <laughs> okay. Well, there it is. Just, that was just modest, as, modest as ever. <laughs> Moment of war. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I think um, I think that's going to do it for the pre-show. Um so, join us in a couple of days, Sunday, for our episode reviewing Capital Combat, the return of RoboCop, WCW Classic. Um, make sure to follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Triple R Pod. Our website is the triplerpodcast.com web or uh, email the real triple r podcast at gmail.com um you can find us on all podcast streaming apps we are on google podcast apple podcast stitcher spotify um podcast addict and um yeah i mean please make sure to rate review subscribe follow us on facebook follow us on instagram follow us on twitter Leave us comments if they are, I mean, whether they're mean or nice, I'll read them. I don't care. We'll read them on the show. Good, good, bad, or indifferent. Leave us a comment. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just leave us a comment. Um, Tell us if if you like us. Tell us if you hate us. Tell us how you feel about wrestling, good old-fashioned wrestling. And uh, if you have an idea for a pay-per-view, leave it in the comments, and we'll see. Uh, I'm Chris Lee. Join with Warren and Pilch, and we will catch you on the next episode.